cancer journey is unique for everyone. It is time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to episode 15 of the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast. I'm Jen Cochran. My guest this week is Mary D. We were introduced several months ago. She and I have talked several times by video call, and sitting down for this week's show feels like chatting with an old friend. She's a breast cancer survivor who's faced some crazy adversity, and from that radical adversity, she created the four Ds, and they are delightful, find joy in the simple things, desire, get clear on what you want and don't want, delicious, savor every moment possible, and determination, dust yourself off and try again. She's here to shine her light in the darkness, and I'm thrilled to have her here with me to share her story and some great community resources. Welcome, Mary. I'm really excited to have you here today. Mary's not only going to share her journey with breast cancer, but also how this journey brought her to find holistic dentistry and the impact that that's had on her life. So I'm really excited to have her share that with you today. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so excited to be here and appreciate you having me on today to share some of my story. And I hope that uh, my intention here is that it will be a great education piece and inspiration for anyone else out there going through the same journey. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about your journey because you had a fairly early diagnosis as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I did. I was, you know, by if I kind of go back in the way back machine here and give you a little context, what I'll say is that uh, I, I'm a big advocate of thermograms over, you know, mammograms. And that's my own personal choice uh, that I think, you know, people have to make. And on top of that, at, at the time, I had just turned 40 that year. In 2017, I was just turning 40. So really, it's the first year I really qualified for my doctor to even say to me, hey, can you go get a mammogram? So in 2017, in April, I went and had a thermogram done and I've had them done in the past. And on my thermogram, the way a thermogram works for anyone that's not familiar, basically think of that old school movie, I believe it was Predator, where he's got that, that vision that can see like hot and cold and that's how he can, you know, heat senses you to laser in on you. So it's basically the same thing. The camera has the ability to look at your body and look at the temperature differentials. And typically in the body, when there is any kind of uh, trauma happening or disease, they tend to light up as hot spots in our body. And so they'll show up red. So if both of your side, you know, if one breast shows really red and the other one doesn't, that's typically going to be some kind of indicator that there's something happening in that area. And for me, mine specifically was around some of my teeth and then also my right breast. So right breast, when I saw that, both myself and the practitioner at the time, we, we thought, well, it's definitely something to look out for because there is some red happening in that area. But because it was actually lower, like towards my rib cage and my breast, the conclusion there was, hey, maybe that could be caused by wires in my bra, by wearing wire bras. So how about I stop wearing wire bras and then I'll get another thermogram in about six months. So in between the that and my next thermogram, 
I am uh, go to my well woman in October, sign off on that, all clear. She tells me, yeah, don't even worry about a mammogram. Your thermogram looks pretty good. And then a month later, I am bending over to do a yoga pose and I go to take a piece of thread off of my right breast. And as I'm touching, I can feel very obviously what feels like a little grape under my skin. And so it was definitely one of those moments where I got a lot of clarity because for a long time I've been doing breast exams and I'm like, these are the lumpiest boobs ever. How would I know what a breast cancer lump even remotely feels like? And in that moment I got an answer because I went, oh, this is does not feel like the rest of the lumps in my breast. This is very specifically round. It has very smooth edges. I literally feel like I could reach under my skin and pluck this little grape that is growing underneath. And so I'm I'm an optimist over being a pessimist. So my initial reaction is, let's just go get this checked out. I'm sure it's probably nothing. And then begins this very interesting journey of going to get my mammogram and a ultrasound in the same day and literally leaving that office with a diagnosis of breast cancer, next day getting the biopsy, and then the journey goes on from there. All of this was happening to me over the holidays, and there's a blessing and a curse in it being during that time frame. The, the blessing is that it, does, it gave me more time to work through options and make some phone calls and make some decisions. The curse of it is that it's over the holidays. So sometimes the people that you need to be speaking to are all on vacation and everything's getting pushed out into the new year. So that was an interesting journey. And part of it for me during that time was really doing some deep work in looking at myself emotionally and saying, am I holding on to anything here that I think could be part of a root cause? How do I address the root cause issues around things like disease and specifically breast cancer? And one of those ways was actually through holistic dentistry. And many people don't even know holistic dentistry exists. So I want to be here to raise my hand and say it absolutely exists. About 10 years ago, I actually was able to listen to a holistic dentist explain to me some of the correlations between breast cancer, the meridians of the body, and then also how there are some indicators uh, that can happen where our teeth are very much related to the rest of our body. And for me, my old root canals showed up or in my right side on a couple of the teeth that are actually related to the same meridian line that that right breast also is in alignment with. And the teeth are literally in line with exactly where that little grape under my skin was existing. So the correlation was really obvious to me once we had that conversation. So I went back to the same holistic dentist that I had learned learned about 10 years prior. Uh, he's actually an Encinitas. And he looked at me, he saw me, he did some scans. He also did a little bit of muscle testing. And this is literally 10 days before I am supposed to go in and have a double mastectomy. So now I'm like, okay, you're going to get in there. You're going to look at these teeth. And I said, I really feel like so much of what's happening here is connected to what was happening in my mouth. The way I explain it to people, they're like, well, explain to me how a root canal can lead to something like breast cancer. So the way I'll explain it for you is that think of a person who has gangrene on their arm up to their elbow right? And that the doctor goes in and cuts right at the elbow where the gangrene is, 
then what may happen is they don't go far enough up to get all of the, the disease in there. And so even though you've cut off most of the gangrene, if there's any infection at all that exists and you sew that up, it's still got to go somewhere. So a lot of times, especially if it's a small amount, it will go back and process through the body. And then the body goes to work on either getting rid of it or encapsulating it, or with the right cocktail could develop into something like cancer. And so with having a root canal done and having two done, as a matter of fact, that we're right next to each other, I'm a firm believer that a big part of that root cause was through some infection that still existed there, made its way through the body, and then in a bad cocktail uh, of explosion, it was able to turn itself into some cancer. And that's what we saw in that right breast down the line. So really important for me to get that addressed. And I did. The holistic dentist went in there, pulled those teeth, and looked in there. And there was this very small infection actually between both of those teeth. So that was even more amazing. There's another holistic dentist that I had seen here locally in the DFW area where I live. And she said, you know, based on your chart, she said, because of where those those root canals are, your chances of recurrence actually are very high as well, because both of those teeth are related to the breast meridian. So it's interesting to get all of this holistic information and combine it with everything that I also learned from the medical side, and then just make a good decision for myself. So for me, it was definitely addressing the dental piece, getting those teeth pulled out, cleaned up, and uh, leaving that area open versus capping, you know, what could, could potentially become diseased again. And through that, literally about three days later, I went to feel for the lump and I couldn't feel it in my breast. And I felt pretty amazed by that because it actually hadn't even dawned on me to check, but I did. So I ended up going back to my surgeon and I said to her, look, I feel like I've really addressed a root cause of what could have been the reason for this breast cancer. And I would love for you to do a ultrasound and have a look, get in there and let's see if you tell me if you can see it and if you can feel it. So she gets in there and she goes, you know, I can't, but protocol, medical protocol is that we would still go in there and do it anyway. And I said to her, so what you're telling me is that I'm scheduled for a double mastectomy in 10 days. You, even if you can't see it or feel it at this juncture, because it was existing at some point in time before, you would still go in and take out all of my breast tissue and move forward with surgery. And she said, yes. So then that takes me to kind of the next level of, you know, decision-making. And that was for me, one of the things where I said, I don't have my own tool to look inside my breast and see what's happening in there and inside my body. So what's the best decision I can make for me right now? And I really felt like for peace of mind's sake that I would, that the root cause of the cancer was taken care of in terms of ever having to deal with recurrence or any of that, but that I would move forward with the double mastectomy. So I had that done and was really pleased when my results actually came out because the breast cancer that originally existed was a 2.3. And once they ended up taking it out, it ended up being barely a one. So that was exciting for me to like know in my heart of hearts, I was like, I knew that I couldn't feel what I felt before. So there was a shrinking cancer in there. So that made me feel fantastic about that decision. 
and seeing how quickly the body really responded and reacted. So I, that's really my, my journey with holistic dentistry as well as breast cancer and excited that those things became really apparent to me and that I received that education that I'm able to share with other people as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I have also had extensive amount of dental work done in my lifetime. So when you had shared that with me, that was very interesting for me. Yeah. And uh, what I didn't mention is that I also had a, did have a thermogram done after my surgery. And it was awesome to see that nothing was showing up of course, on that right breast and then in the teeth quadrant that that was fixed as well. When you look at my befores and afters, they're really obvious. And I'm very, very excited to share that with people. I gave it to both the holistic practitioner that did my thermogram as well as the holistic dentist. And I was like, you guys are absolutely free to use my medical information to share this with anyone you need to. And when you have your talks, when you're on stage, I'm like, my information is your information. Share it with everybody because the results are so obvious there. And I really, really hope it helps educate other people so that they know that there are other options or other ways to address sometimes the root cause to, to different cancers out there. Absolutely. And I think that people know that dental health is related, directly related to heart health, but they don't necessarily connect dental health with gut health and overall physical conditions in, throughout the body. Right. What happens in our mouth is actually where kind of everything takes place in the body. So it's so important. And, and really, you can use that in so many ways, whether it's what we're putting in our mouth in terms of what we're putting in our body and feeding ourselves, all the way to how we're digesting, how we're breaking things down in the body, what is actually happening in the mouth. And just even in traditional dentistry, just fluoride in our toothpaste and all these other toxic things that happen. I, I feel like dentistry's come a, a little bit further, right? They don't put mercury fillings in your mouth anymore, but there's this whole generations, there are generations of people who have been putting mercury fillings in their mouths and only just coming to a place where it's like, oh, need to get those out and replaced but then is it more toxic to get them out? Like there's, there becomes all, it just, it's like this little domino that happens, but it's important to just get educated and really look at your body, get in tune with that and make good decisions to advocate for yourself to know what's right for you. Getting in tune is so important as well. I frequently say we take better care of our cars than we do our bodies. <laughs> right. And I do think that going on a cancer journey of any type is a, a bit of a shocking way to get in touch with your body. I find that people on the other side of that definitely have a different dialogue with their body than they had previously. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is really also an interesting thing. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of Mary's golden nuggets in addition to the holistic dentistry, other things that may have come up for her, as well as things that she wished she knew before. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Enjoying the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast? Come on over to the Facebook group where you can join the community and participate in the conversation during the week. I hope to see you there. Now back to the show. Hi, we're back. I'm here with Mary. We were talking off air about so many different things, but mm -hmm. I'd like her to share with you her item that she wished that someone had shared with her when she was going through this journey. That's a superb question. I wish that I had found a community 
that I could have asked questions to and seen and felt and heard from while I was going through all the different stages of discovery and diagnosis and here are your options, blah, 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 all the doctor talk. Just having someone else to talk it out with or having a group to even talk it out with of people who have been through my same situation, I feel like would have made all the difference just from a knowledge standpoint. I am so blessed because the decisions I did end up making were probably the decisions I would have made even after the fact of getting the knowledge that I did. But in finding community after the fact, I'm recognizing that that's not the same case for everyone else. And it's very empowering to have knowledge and to understand what your options are. And I think what happens in these situations is it's a bit of a scare and a shock to the system for someone to say, hey, you have this disease that can be life-changing. And knowing that you have this, what are the next steps? Like just the, the processing that is already a journey in itself. So past the processing now comes to, well, let me get enough information to make some decisions. And what was so valuable for me was in even my nurse navigator, I mean, I met her the day before my surgery, but she had had my same plastic surgeon. Wow. And so we had this great thing in common. And I jokingly said to her, oh, great. Does this mean you're going to show me your boobs and, and let me like feel them? And she was like, absolutely. And the way and me, I said it in jest and she was all in. She's like, if you want to, absolutely. And so we actually shared that experience. And it made a difference for me because I can see someone who's been worked on by the same surgeon I had, and I can say, wow, that's good work. Like, this doesn't look like the pictures. This doesn't look scary. This doesn't look like any of these imaginations that I can be having in my mind. Like, this looks actually like good work. And like, I, I, I ha there's hope for me going through this surgery uh, at least, you know, because I'm basically doing what she already did. And so seeing that really, really helped me. It really gave me a lot of peace of mind that number one, I picked the right doctor. And then number two, that the options I was thinking of were going to be good options for me that if, if it could be anything like what I'm seeing in front of me, that I will be very content and very happy with that. And there's so many other things. There's so many different surgeries. So even after the fact, like you go to one plastic surgeon, they may only specialize in one type of reconstruction. So it's understanding that there is multiple, multiple reconstruction procedures. There's yes. multiple options. Even if you're getting an implant, there's multiple options with implants. People just don't necessarily know the information because they're only getting what that doctor who specializes in that thing is telling them. So I would say that if, if I had to give only one, only one nugget from it all, it would really be go get that second opinion. Go interview like five different doctors that do five different procedures because coming out of that, 
you're going to really be empowered with all the different decisions that are out there so that you don't have to learn something after the fact and go, well, man, that sounds like that would have actually been a better choice for me, but I was never presented with that option. And that's the part that I feel like I wish was more obvious and prevalent out in forums and out in uh, in those places. And I feel like going to a community really helps you laser focus on what those things are, just being able to sit at a table and talk to other people and ask them what they had done. And and ideally people more recently, right? 20 years ago, procedures were much different than they are. Right. So, but for current information, uh, that was probably one of the biggest pieces. Yeah, I think that's so important as well. I've met a number of people in my own journey, like you, I was very fortunate. I was connected with the doctors that are amazing and did a great job and the options that they gave me. I had a lot of information. So when I went in, I knew what I was listening for, which is not normal, not at all normal. When I was presented with things like, oh, your implants can go over the muscle because of your physical fitness level, this is what your procedure would look like. And I was like, great, I'm in. That's better than I thought. And I had a friend that I met probably a year after my surgery and she was going through a diagnosis and she just couldn't make a decision. And I said, I feel like maybe it's your team. That team doesn't feel like your right team. I feel like when you have your right team, the decisions are going to be easy. Like you're struggling to make the decision because you're not getting what you need from your team. Who else can you go see? Here, go see my person. You don't have to go with her, but it it will give you another touch point to see, well, what am I really struggling with here? Exactly. Am I struggling with the emotional decision or am I struggling with the facts that I'm not, I'm not getting the facts? Totally. Totally. Yep. Yeah. I think that's such a, a huge item. And we also are in this interesting time generationally, I think, where we are getting away from doctors are all knowing and we should do whatever they say. Right. There was a time when that was very much the doctor said X and I do X. And now there's more of a give and take. There's that, there's more openness to more of a give and take and the questioning and really knowing that you've got all your questions answered. And that's huge, I think. I think so too. And I can tell you for myself, my first oncologist was recommending like a three chemical, toxic, four month regimen of chemotherapy that just made me look at it and go, wow, this seems incredibly rigorous for someone who's just coming out, who's just been restaged from a two to a one and has had a shrinking cancer for to have to undergo this crazy, what seemed to me to be a really aggressive treatment. And so going and getting that second opinion and also having that different oncologist look at all of the same data and say to me, this is pretty intense and it's definitely not something I would recommend for you. If you would like to choose to go through chemotherapy, she's like, I can... I can think of, of one we can do for you. She's like, it's definitely not these three, du- these three drugs. She goes, these three drugs I would be reserving for someone with a very later stage, uh, much different kind of, of breast cancer. And so there was something to that conversation that really helped connect some dots for me because, wow, you're looking at the same data and getting a much different idea of what this needs to look like. And this is also because... I exercise and I eat well, and these are parts of it as well. And that makes that decision easier. And for her to also say, hey, 
How about some immunotherapies? Go do some acupuncture. Continue to do yoga. It was so refreshing to me to hear that from a traditional medical doctor because I feel like that is a piece that's left out in so many conversations. We are whole beings and there's so many other facets to our physical, spiritual, and mental health. Why aren't we talking about these other things? The body's natural ability to fight disease, the good things we can be doing to love on our body versus necessarily going a chemical route. And that was really eye-opening for me as well to get such just vastly different responses from two very well-known doctors. So that's why I think that second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion, fifth opinion, they're really important. They're really important so that you can look at it and be objective with yourself versus emotional. Yeah, I've met a lot of people in my journey that made a choice where surgery was their first step and they made that initial choice based out of almost a knee-jerk reaction of going to do the least thing. It's quick. It's And then they get on the other side and they're like, oh, I didn't know that if I did this option, I had to do these treatments. Or if I did that option, I had to do these treatments. Or they didn't necessarily have the full understanding, it can be very scary and shocking. And if we don't take that time to step back and get space and really ground into, okay, what are we talking about here? What's the plan? Why is this the plan? I think we don't ask enough. Why? Why do I have to do that? Why are you so married to me taking this medication? Right, right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. and, And the other really good question that I learned to ask is not just what is my option for surgery, but if I choose this option, what does my post-care look like? Yes. Because that's also a whole nother layer of asking a question. You know, I am not, me personally, I'm not accustomed to having to go to the doctor a lot. Lifestyle-wise, it doesn't suit me. It doesn't fit me, and it's not anything I've had to do in the past. So that's an important piece of my lifestyle that I don't want to have to go to a doctor every month or every even six months for that matter, if I don't have to. And had I chosen a single mastectomy over a double, they would still be encouraging me to go in and get the one breast mammogrammed every six months. Right. Like that's a post treatment for me that doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm like, nope, let's take that off of the table. So that was what also made it easier to make some choices by also understanding even the post-care regimen and all of the things that could happen in that realm as well. So it's just really getting in there and having a good team and asking enough doctors questions to where you get enough answers and knowledge that you can draw some pretty good conclusions for yourself. Yes. And I definitely have found in my journey as well that some doctors share certain information and some doctors don't. I was very clear going in that I wanted to do a bilateral. I had seen a number of people that had done one side versus both. One side had to come off. That was not, it was not even a a question. So I was very clear that I wanted to do both. My plastic surgeon said to me at the end of our first appointment, because she knew that I was very clear that that's what I wanted and my options were really good. And she said, I absolutely support that choice. 90% of my patients come back in five years and have the other side done electively. Yeah. And that's something I learned after the fact too. Yes. Yes. And that's why I said, I wish that I'd had someone like, like you, Jen, 
Jennifer at that point in my life so I could say, how did you make a decision over a lumpectomy, a single mastectomy, a double mastectomy? I didn't really have someone here that I could bounce that off of and get some definitive answers on why someone would choose. They're putting these choices before me, but why, why would I choose one over the other? Like, give me the, the why behind why people make those choices. And for me, it was asking actually my plastic surgeon who, do, who specializes in reconstruction. So she doesn't necessarily even do just the first surgery. A lot of times people are, are coming to her to fix because they've had a single and now they would like to have the other one match up or, uh, or there's a piece of construction they didn't feel their doctor did a good job on. So now she's coming in there to wave her magic over that work. And for me, it was asking her, I said, look, you see this all day long. If you had gotten, if you were someone who was going through this breast cancer journey, what would you do? And in no, in a second flash, she says, I would do a double mastectomy all day long. And when she gave me the reasons and she talked about kind of even aftercare, it just made so much sense to me in a way that I had not been thinking about it. And that really gave me a lot of confidence and it gave me so much clarity. And when we have clarity, it's so much easier to make the decision. There's an organization called Army of Women. It's a collaboration of all people doing research on breast cancer, all components of breast cancer. I have participated in a few different studies. There's a lot of research going on around how the medical community communicates with us and what information we are wanting to get and what is influencing our decisions. I remember doing a survey and it was a whole bunch of options. There were like eight factors that they were looking at and a couple of the factors were based on outcomes. A couple of the factors were based on input from the medical Mm -hmm. community. Doctors do one of three things. They give you your options and that's it. They give you your options and they tell you what they would do. That's very rare. Or they make recommendations based on your situation, what's possible. My surgeon, when I said I wanted a bilateral, she said, okay, that's your, that's absolutely, you can do that. That's your choice. You don't have to, but that's your choice. (laughs) But I didn't get a clear, like, yes, that's what you should do. And then when I met with my plastic surgeon, I was like, good, I feel good. This was where I thought I should go. And then when she gave me the statistics, I was like, perfect. That was what I needed to hear. I'm good. Yep, totally. And, and I found that I do tell people often, they're like, what questions should I ask my doctors, my team? And one of them that I asked was that question, if you were, have you had breast cancer? For everyone I talked to, the answer was no. Okay, if you did, and it was the same breast cancer that I've been diagnosed with, what would you do? And I have had some squirm a little bit because I think it's an uncomfortable question. Mm -hmm. So what I learned to do also, if they didn't like the way that was framed, I would say, no problem. Do you have a mother? Do you have a sister? Yes, yes, I do. Great. If they came in here and they were me in the same situation, is there a suggestion you would make to them? And then they were a little more forward about it because I think it made them also think through what's happening here. And it's probably not a question they're getting a lot. So the natural inclination is just to be very honest. And I found them just sort of spit that answer out. And all of their responses were double mastectomy. So it just, again, gave me clarity around that decision because I did struggle with, do I just do a lumpectomy? Do I just do one? Do I do them both? And after having some very clarifying questions with especially my plastic surgeon, 
it gave me just confidence in that decision and it made it easy for me to release any hangups I was having about do I conserve a good breast do I do this and this and that you know and and for my age too right there's different factors I'm not planning on having children in the future had I made plans for that maybe I would want to conserve a breast so that I can breastfeed out of one side but that wasn't the decision I needed to make at the time it was, hey, maybe in 10, 15 years, I get a lift anyway, so we're just moving this process along a little faster and taking care of cancer at the same time. So it, it, it's just, a right, we all have to go through this thought process where we weigh out what's best for us. So that I felt was very empowering, and that's really it. That's the message. I just want other women to feel empowered and to have clarity around making decisions for their bodies and for themselves so they can feel confident about those decisions and not feel like they have to beat themselves up over it and not feel like they're so lost in this in the weeds of trying to navigate care for themselves. Yes. As you were talking about that, you talked about the idea of community and the benefits that community brings to the process. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Totally, totally. There's a couple communities that for me have just made all of the difference. They're actually nationwide. They used to be called Gilda's Club, and I think they're still called Gilda's Club throughout the nation. Here in Texas, it's called the Cancer Support Center. And the cancer support community that's here in the DFW area, they offer so many free resources. And the reason I liked it is because they had different groups. They have counseling. It's all free. And for people who have children, they even offer services and counseling for children and families as well. And I found that to just be a really beautiful segue. I That piece of community, I think, is so important because oftentimes the caregiver can be left out of the equation, but they're working so hard to be a good support system and to be strong during this time. So not only does the cancer patient have to, you know, be, build up that strength and confidence to move forward, but they have a caregiver that also cares very much about them and is probably also worried. And they have their own questions from a caregiver's perspective. So I felt like having both sides of that community were really strong. Also, when I started to go to yoga again, I went to a traditional class and I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like a first timer (laughs) when I wasn't a first timer. So being able to go into a yoga class where there's other women who have just come out of surgery and it it made that space so much more comfortable and a much safer space to be able to start my practice again without feeling like that fish out of water, feeling uncomfortable about not doing poses that were so easy and natural before. That felt a little awkward now and that I needed time to ease into. So that was one community that was fantastic for me. They've got tons of free resources. So I hope people will go look them up and find those. They do um, an advocacy. So if you're having trouble communicating with your doctor, or you're just not comfortable asking certain questions, they will get on with you and do those ahead of time and submit them to your doctor for you so that when you get to the doctor's office, the doctor already knows your questions and now the doctor will address the list. So you don't have to go through the discomfort of trying to ask those questions if that didn't feel good to you. So I love that advocacy part of it. The one that's probably nearest and dearest to my heart though is the breast The Breasties have been an amazing community. These ladies are young, both 
previvors as well as gals going through treatment, some of them also, of course, survivors as well. The message there is for a lot of young women who experience breast cancer or ovarian cancer, there's not enough talk, I think, about our younger generations that are also going through this same journey. Again, me being a little older, the choices I make for myself are much different than I would have made for myself had I been going through this journey at, say, 25. And so it's a different conversation. And, you know, at, at 40, I can look down and go, yeah, these breasts could use a little pick-me-up some way, shape, or form at some point. They're aging breasts. I love them. I embrace them. But if they're trying to kill me, we'll take care of that. Versus at 25, they were perky and beautiful. So thinking about reconstructing them was never even a thought in my mind. But I also didn't have cancer at the time. So that's where these decisions, you really want to be empowered about them. And there's, again, so many options out there. Uh, I've got the Breasties Retreat coming up. This is a fantastic community, even their Instagram page, their Facebook page. They give a lot of resources. I'm an ambassador and sit on their founding board for their group out of New York and uh, an ambassador here in DFW. The, we do monthly meetups. We have dinners together. I'll do a little half-day mini retreat here on my at my house this summer. It's a great community. It, we love on each other. We literally will sit, you'll sit down at a table of semi-strangers and the next thing you know, you're talking about deep, intimate, like tell me what you went through, tell me what your questions are. And as a lovely mastermind, we get together and just ask each other questions and give each other resources and just a lot of love and support because we all understand what it's like to go through this journey. And producing that community and camaraderie is just, it's priceless. That's really, it's priceless. In such a positive way as well. It's an uplifting type of support, which I think is absolutely amazing. Totally, totally, yeah. I am energized every time that I get on the phone with the breastie or I'm at a retreat with the breastie. Just having someone else who you can love on and who can love you back and really understand the journey. I think that's such a big part of it. Just the understanding piece. Because we've all shared the same feelings at, in one way, shape, or form during this journey. I don't think anyone's excluded from that. We've all, we've all shared this whole gambit of emotions. And it's just really about being there for each other, whatever that is. You know, if, it's, if someone is going to chemotherapy treatments, maybe going to an appointment with them. If it's someone that just needs to pick up the phone and have a phone call, it's having a phone call. If it's someone that just needs a hug, then it's a hug. And that part, I just really feel like build that community sense that surrounds you and supports you and this journey, because it's such a mindset journey too. Yes. That's such a big part of it. And, and I love that. I just really do. So it means a lot to me. It's work. I think I will do till the day I die because it just means so much to me. And I know how supported these gals feel and I know how supported that even though I had a little bit of support through my journey, I didn't have this level of support. And I really feel like it would have just been one additional fantastic layer that would have just made it 
just a little bit better. And, uh, and even if it's just about making it a little bit better, that still says something because it can be a tough journey. It's an instant bond as well. You and I, for instance, the first time we chatted, it was like that instant connection and instant bond over shared experience. Even though our experiences were separate, there's right. still this shared experience. And it's really just an amazing thing. I love all the people that I get to connect with. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your journey and pieces of your story today. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate you having me on here to share. And I just love you to death. I think you are an amazing light in the world. And I appreciate your shine. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to having you back because we both know that you and I can talk all day long. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait to hear about your retreat. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. I cannot express how much I love doing this show. As Mary and I talked about, the bonds of shared experience are truly priceless. Sometimes just knowing you have a community of people who get you and support you, whatever you need, is so necessary. For this week's Personal Consciousness Minute, I want to talk about second opinions. In today's episode, we talked a lot about communication, asking better, or maybe different questions, and the clarity and power that comes from the knowledge that you covered all your bases and asked all the questions. As you may be noticing if you've been following along with the show, this definitely applies on a cancer journey. However, it can really apply to any area of your life. Take a few minutes to think about what's currently going on in your world. Are there any areas where seeking a second opinion or asking different questions might bring you the clarity you seek? Come on over to the Cancer Cliff Notes Facebook group and join Mary and I, as well as my previous guests and other people involved in a cancer journey. Hope to see you there and come back next week when my guest will be talking about her allergy to wallowing. Have a great week and thanks for listening. 